Hey guys, welcome to Spirit Pig. I'm Duncan CJ, and today I'm talking to Kirk Brown. Kirk Brown is the centre teacher at Dharma Deepa Meditation Centre and is one of the world's leading authorities on Vispana, uh, Vipassana meditation. Is that correct pronunciation? Vipassana. 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 Yep. Yep. Uh, Vipassana means to see things as they really are and is, one of the Indi- and is one of India's most ancient techniques of meditation. And this technique goes back all the way back to Buddha two and a half thousand years ago and was taught by him as a remedy for all universal ills. Uh, this is a technique and it's uh, non-religious and so it can be used by people from all cultures and backgrounds and its aim is for the complete removal of mental impurities and to result in a person's full liberation and happiness. How was that? Was that? I, I, did I kind of get that right or am I way off the mark? Just say more, Duncan. <laughs> well, that's brilliant. Yeah. I thought I'd do my research but I was like, I, I'm going to ask, I might have just completely just maybe just summarised that too much or... But I mean, that, that was a bit of a, a brief intro, um, but could you maybe just explain in a bit more detail, what, what is Vipassana meditation? Yeah, well, you said it, Vipassana is, um, means insight, it's, it's the Pali language that the Buddha spoke in, and um, it's a simple technique, if we want to call it a technique, um, of looking inside ourselves and seeing the truth inside. It's a sort of progressive uh, technique, you start with the most obvious reality about yourself when you close your eyes and sit down uh, and start looking inside you um, start to be aware of the breath coming in and going out and then uh, you you stay with that truth and that's you're developing your concentration like that and then uh, we start that's the first three and a half days are done like that. And then after three and a half days of practice of that, you, you develop the, the Vipassana where you start to introspect the whole entire mind-body phenomena. This, sorry, this, just, sorry, just to jump in really quickly, these, just, um, just to sort of summarize, these, they can be obviously done, you know, they've been much longer for weeks and weeks. But to get a basic uh, grounding, uh, you go to a, like a 10-day retreat where you actually you stay there and it's a full... Um, you could probably jump straight in. This isn't just like a you know an hour meditation after work on your commute. This is this is a That's full right. experience, it's isn't it? It's an intensive course, very intensive course, and uh, it's a commitment and a discipline for ten days. Um, you know, you have to want to do it. You have to be committed to to come and uh, work hard. You get up at uh, four o'clock in the morning. Uh, four thirty to six thirty is the first session of meditation. You have breakfast six thirty to eight o'clock. 8 o'clock to 11 is the next session, 11 till 1 is lunchtime, 1 till 5 in the afternoon um, meditation, an hour at tea time, Uh, then 6 till 9, 3 hours in the evening, including a a talk by um, our our principal teacher who's now uh, recently deceased, but uh, S.N. Gwenka. So, so this is that's what's that's ten hours in a day. This is this is this. twelve hours. I would probably yeah twelve hours of meditation. But um, you know that's that's not all necessarily just sitting um, on your bottom. You you can go and uh, you know take a walk and lie or lie down for five ten minutes. Lean lean against the wall in your room. Sort of have a have a bit of another walk. And then there are various sessions actually in the meditation hall itself. But other times people can work in a, a more relaxed way in their own rooms or that sort of thing. One of the reasons why um, I was so keen to, um, to talk to you, because two separate friends, one mm. from the UK, one mm. from California, mm. um, both completely independently. I was having separate conversations with them, probably about six months apart. Mm. And 
again and again, like both times, um, th- this came up. And yeah. I think they both independently said, they don't even know each other, but they said mm-hmm. it, is, it is one of the hardest things yeah. they've ever done in their life. Yeah. yeah. But it is also one of the most rewarding things they've ever done. That's, that's right. That's, that's a very, very common um, statement by people at the end of the course. And it, it's because you're, you have to put a lot into it that you get a lot out of it. You know, I mean, it's, 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 you know, basic life principle, isn't it? You know, you, yeah. you do, the students have to work hard. The whole structure of the course is designed to allow the students to work hard. Um, it's in silence. So you're not talking to anybody else. You're not gesturing to anybody else. You talk to the, to the teacher conducting the course. Um, so 10 days of 10 days of silence and then, introspection actually like focusing inside rather than okay gotcha yeah yeah so and that, that's know, called that, that's called that, the uh what's it called it's called the noble silence is that correct noble silence yes is is um what they're doing for those uh, 10 days on on the 10th day they they break the silence they learn the final technique of meditation which is metta bhavana the practice of loving kindness sharing all the merits that the students have felt, you know, that they've accrued during the 10 days and the purification of the mind that they've got because people do feel, you know, like often they feel like a, a deep cleansing has, has, has occurred in that period. And at the end, they, they feel, you know, a profound, you know, for most people, I would say it seems they feel a profound experience. They've taken part in a profound uh, experience and they, they have a lot of, uh, goodwill for other people which they feel like sharing so this practice of metta and then after that they uh, are free to talk for that final day and it's it's like a bit of a buffer before going out into the real world again because you know they're a little bit sensitive at the end mm. and you need to sort of uh, come down from that and so that last day day 10 they, they have a chat and talk to, to each other i mentioned in the introduction um but it'd be mm. worth maybe just reiterating again so this is uh you know obviously 2500 years ago buddha but it's it this is this is non-sectarian. Sect- I mean, this is completely people from yeah. all around the world, different cultures, different religions. Even if you are religious, even if you're not religious, it makes no difference. This is this is a technique, isn't it? Not a religion. It's not. It's, well, the Buddha didn't teach a religion. Yeah, he taught a path to come out of suffering. He wasn't interested in starting um, a sect that people could join, you know, and, and differentiate one human from another. That He wasn't interested in that. Um, so it was just a matter of showing how, how it is. You know, what is our problem as, as humans? You know, what is our condition? Why do we keep getting into such a mess? Why do we muck up our lives so much? Why do we suffer, basically? These very, very fundamental question. So he found out the answer. And he shared that the way that he he'd got there with with others, and this is this is the path um, that we're that we're following. The um, Shila Samadhi Panya is basically the, the path um, that he he gave us. I'm sorry. This, um... No, this and this tradition that we're, that we're in believes that it's you know has kept that technique as pure as possible. It's been handed down from teacher to pupil and, and so on for these two and a half thousand years. The whole emphasis has been to keep it as absolutely pure as possible so that nothing is added and nothing is taken away from it. Because the Buddha 
being an enlightened person, taught a complete therapy. So, you know, it wasn't something that we need to add to it uh, or something to be taken away. So it's, it's, as far as we believe, it's as near as, you know, uh, possible what the Buddha actually taught. Mm. That's awesome. And as, um, Another thing, um, I, was, I was reading a personal development. Um, I was, I basically, I, I Googled it and I was reading mm. people's experiences, articles. Yeah. And one mm. was this guy who, um, he's got a personal development blog and he has been talking uh, about personal development. He's been on courses and trainings forever. And a quote which jumped out, he said, you know, I learned more in those 10 days than I learned in years of studying and writing about inner transformation, you know, himself. And what kind of transformation do you see like what are some of the positive benefits that you've seen just in the main the main thing really is is that you're developing um an inner strength inside which will help you in all the ups and downs of life um and this is equanimity um and it's a, a sense of balance and um peace that is not dependent on this experience or that experience or this type of uh, pleasant sensation or this type of unpleasant sensation, but um, is dependent on this understanding that life keeps on changing, that everything keeps on changing, because this is the experience that one um, has during Vipassana, during this um, introspection of the mind-body phenomena. You start to experience the whole mind and body just as a changing mass of vibrations. Um, first of all, when we start the, the investigation inside, things uh, manifest more in a more solidified type of way. Um, but as you keep on uh, meditating, all this sort of solidity starts to get dissolved uh, to some extent. And this helps you understand that you know there's no purpose in identifying yourself so much and attaching yourself to so much to this changing phenomena. So the attachment to to things uh, decreases, and you can just allow things to to, to come and, and to go. Uh, you can live more in the present moment. You can enjoy the the present moment much much more in a, in a fuller way. But let things come and go. And uh, not be bothered by all the ups and downs because you know they're going to pass from your own inner experience. So I would say, you know, the equanimity is 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 the big, the biggest advantage, the biggest gain that uh, that you can get this inner peace and inner strength of mind. That's interesting because I was going to say that one, one thing I was going to maybe just reference later, but you mm. actually you brought it up there was this idea of dealing with impermanence and change and actually not not holding on so when things are happening in our life good things bad things especially bad things i guess you know often we want to try and stop change you know don't let things change exactly. but to actually yeah. realize that in life things you know there's suffering impermanence and what removing the ego is that a big part of it actually just taking well, the ego out absolutely. of it absolutely i mean our all the negative the the idea really is to um eradicate the the negativities the complexes the conditionings that we've um made in 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 our lives and so little by little the the negativities get eradicated because the technique is such that we we try to stop putting any new input in and once you stop putting any new input in the old complexes and conditionings start to arise naturally in the mind and and they pass away during the course of the meditation so it's it's a process of, of purification of the conditionings 
of the mind, of the, of the negative conditionings of the mind. And, you know, gradually the, the mind becomes uh, purer because the mind really by nature is, is, is pure. And as the negativities of the mind are eradicated, more of that purity shines through. Had a very interesting um, email from a girl uh, recently who'd um, she'd done one course at Dharma Deepa in Hereford I think last year and she wrote to say that she'd she'd been to Bangladesh working on a humanitarian uh, mission there of some sort and she'd been out in a remote area of Bangladesh and she'd had some traumatic accident injury to her to her throat I'm not quite sure the exact injury but uh, it, it was a life threatening injury and uh, she had grave difficulty breathing and she had to, they had to get her to the to the hospital for treatment and um she turned to her vipassana because you know in these difficult times this is when it's the test really comes isn't it if you've got something that really is going to support you she turned to her vipassana started practicing um the meditation observing the the sensations on her body and her, her respiration, and trying to remain balanced and calm and equanimous to that, to all of that. And she felt, first of all, she felt a little bit anxious, understandably, because she was in a life-threatening uh, situation, and it was very painful to breathe. Um, and she said she felt she she had a very powerful um, meditation for hours, and uh, she felt a deep peace. Uh, you know, during that period, which she, she feels really, um, you know, saved her life, basically, you know, kept her anxiety levels down and all of that. So, um, you know, like that um, certainly helps people. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Mm. Um, and you said that, well, it's this idea of, um, you know, you, you, you kind of t- touched, kind of referred to it earlier, but kind of this idea of freedom from misery. And so is that kind of what it's about? Like, so rather than trying to achieve happiness or fulfillment and going after something, it's more about eliminating and moving away from actually what's causing us suffering and pain. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the whole technique is to be, um, is to learn how to be aware in the present moment, how to accept the reality as it is. Rather than uh, you know the the, imagine, the imaginary reality that we that we want or that we we crave for, it's 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 to do with craving and aversion, the technique to to understand that as soon as we start craving for something that we don't have, or start to push out have aversion to something that we do have, we can't actually be uh, happy in the present moment. Um, and this is what keeps us very tense, this push-pull, this sort of dichotomy between, you know, trying to push out this or trying to bring in this. Um, we can't be content with what we have. And, of course, our life is only made up of, of the present moment. We have to try to learn a way of being in the present moment contentedly. So this is, this is the technique. And from our own experience, we see that as soon as we have any aversion or craving, we're we're miserable because we're not uh, content in the present moment. So uh, that's a very yeah. important aspect. Yeah. One, 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 nowadays, like, mm. um, which is, I think this is, this is an amazing thing because it obviously shows that um, there's sort of a shift or it's kind of moving in you know, a really positive direction. But there's so many sort of different types of meditations, mindfulness practices. There's iPhone apps, like you type in like mindfulness meditation to your iPhone and there's, rather than just one or two, there's, you know, there's hundreds to choose from. Like, 
what kind of two part question? Like, what is sort of different about um, uh, Vipassana, and so and why why would uh, I encourage or why would you encourage somebody to maybe go choose this one, you know, as opposed to another? Or you know, is it it's it's more I, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess you know, if, if you're doing anything, then it's already like an amazing positive, you know, difference to they're not. But I mean, it's almost now overwhelming how many different choices there are. Like, what kind of is different about it? I guess I'm trying to say. I think it's it's very authentic. Um, you know, as as we said, you have to work. It's not for somebody that wants a quick fix. Um, it, it's it's and actually, you know, the ten days is a wonderful insight into how the mind works, how how we work, how our minds and body relate to each other, keep on influencing each other. Um, but you know, it's it's really a lifelong path. You know, you get the benefit out of the ten days, definitely. But you know, to to have it in its true uh, benefits, it's it's a lifelong path. So, you know, people can come and try, see you know what they get out of the ten days, and at the end of it, they they decide. You know, they might think, right, I want to go and try some other things. It may not suit everybody. You know, people have different um, goals, don't they? Yeah, but the exactly. goal of vipassana is you know should be clear is to is to purify the mind of all of the conditionings it's not a sort of a quick fix on on things or it's not a matter of just coming and getting high um getting this ex- blissful experience um blissful experiences do come of course during the course of of meditation but it's not to get a a, a blissful experience necessarily it's to understand you know what we're how this suffering keeps originating and and to come out of our suffering little by little at a, at a very deep level of the mind you know and mm. um, in a deep meaningful way and go almost straight for rather than always looking at the, like the symptoms and just try and get a quick fix actually identifying the root cause of a lot of this unhappiness and then once yes. you can go straight to the root it's actually you know a lot more transformative long term yeah, it, it's very much uh, to go to the root of the problem. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. And there's a couple of speed round questions um, to finish off. Like, what does a fulfilled life mean to you? I think you know. It, I think to investigate the the truth about ourselves and to spend uh, a large part of our life in in making an investigation into into what it's all about. You know why? Why are we here? What's the what's the purpose of life? What is the meaning of life? Um, and you know how to come out of uh, un- to understand ourselves and to come out of any suffering that we're that we're engaged in is 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 you know. And if we can do that, then I think that's you know we feel fulfilled. We feel contented about that. That's great. Thanks. And uh, what is one thing our listeners can do today that will have a massive positive effect on their lives? <laughs> <laughs> Well, they can have a. They can um, think about doing a vipassana course. Uh, they're they're very welcome. They're, there's um, they're ten day courses that they can uh, think if they would like to make that commitment and uh, and practice. Um, that's probably you know because it's an experiential thing. You have to look in look inside is is very important. So perhaps if they don't feel like doing a ten day vipassana course, they can um, just start looking inside a little bit because. Most of our life is spent looking outside, isn't it? And uh, we, we, so many interesting things to see outside, but 
it's just as important to you know look inside and see what's going on i would say so start looking inside close your eyes and see what's going on and that's what vipassana is really i think one thing also great to add to that is that often you know, you can have these things and it seems like everything's got the best intentions and then suddenly you get whacked with like some crazy price or bill like vipassana is it's free there's no charge there's not even charge which is crazy there's no even charge for food or accommodation and all the teachers completely volunteer their time freely. And, um, you know, it's all done through donations. So people who've already previously been on courses actually help, you know, other people get that experience, this sort of pay it forward um, thing. So um, I think that was shows amazing about actually the authenticity of a lot of this thing, because exactly. often some people preach one thing and then suddenly, you know, you, there's, you know, you know, it, it, there seems a bit of a, a disconnect, but this is free, it may, isn't it? May or, or not be a lot of old nonsense, but if it is, nobody's going to make any money out of you. That's for sure. You know, so you know, it's 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 not a thing to make money out of spiritual aspirations. I don't think. Um, you know, it, nobody who's who's um, involved with Vipassana is is uh, doing it for those reasons. And as you say, all the the courses are free. Uh, donations, people can give a donation if they like. There's no pressure at the end to give a donation. But, it, you know, people are welcome to give a donation to enable uh, another student to come and do it in the future. And it keeps it a very, very pure place and the very pure uh, intentions. All the people that come to serve each course, they come to serve uh, with that volition to help others and they don't get anything for it. All the cooks and the uh, people that help all the students in all those ways. So, yeah. I think that's fantastic. And so, you know, <laughs> even if somebody doesn't have a penny to their name, you know, they're completely, you know, hard yeah. on their lot. You know, yeah. you, you, there's not, there's not, you know, there's no barriers of entry, even for, you know, people who don't have a penny, you know, so I think that's, yeah. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and are there any books or resources which have changed or had a big impact on you? <laughs> well, I mean, as a young man, I read quite a few books, but um, I can't really say that there's one standout book because Vipassana is very much an experiential experience and this is what uh, is important in life, to have uh, your own experience by looking inside. So it's only that at that level that anything is really going to work. You know, you can read all the books and you can understand intellectually, but unless you, you know, are prepared to make that investigation inside and uh, understand something from your own experience, then... Uh, the books are not so important really you know, to me but uh, yeah absolutely because it's through mm. direct experience because i suppose like if you're always theorizing or something then i guess it's always something outside you're always chasing something and it's kind of almost missing the point doesn't it it's not an intellectual vipassana is not an intellectual exercise not at all it's uh, it's very much an experiential exercise there is a theory of course that goes with it um, and that theory is explained to some extent in the evening talks, but uh, that's more to explain why we're practicing in a certain way. Um, and it, it, people are free to have any belief they like about you know their own experience. Of course, you know it's it's their investigation into the truth inside. And if people come up with uh, you know some belief about this, that, on the other, they they they're free to have that belief. You know, so we don't want to quabble. Uh, quabble about uh, quarrel about beliefs at all it's not important is it really what you believe it's a matter of you know what sort of person you are if you've you know an angry person uh, it's important to come out of that anger or if you're you know a depressed person to come out of that depression or anxiety to come out of the anxiety and that's what um, Vipassana helps people to do so 
That's awesome. And finally, um, where can we send people? Because I know I know you're based in um, Hertfordshire in in the UK, but we've got a bit of it. we've got an international um, audience. So is it uh, uh, the .org site? Is that the best place, yeah, or and find your local centre? Dharma.org. Yeah, they can get information about Vipassana in all the different regions and the different uh, places of the world. Yeah, perfect. And there's there's centres all around the globe, aren't there? Yeah, there's about 160 or 70 meditation centres and other courses are held outside those centres. So, yeah, people should be able to find somewhere fairly near them if they're interested, yeah. Amazing, fantastic. And I'll put that in the show notes. Great. Uh, Kirk, thank you so much. I really appreciate you talking to us today. It's been, uh, it's been fantastic and I've uh, learned a huge amount. So um, thank you for giving up your evening. I know you're extremely busy and, uh, yeah, it's been absolutely brilliant. I really appreciate it. Nice to talk to you, Duncan. All the best. And I hope to see you at uh, Dharma for some time. I'll be there. I know. We have to get you back on after we've we've experienced it. (laughs) Thanks so much. Nice to talk to you. Bye-bye, Duncan.